Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have several new additions to get to. Uh, First and foremost, actually last week when I was recording uh, this past episode, um, I looked down on my phone just after the conclusion of my recording and noticed that we had signed DeMarcus Cousins to... A a non-guaranteed deal um, in which the guaranteed date for him and another addition that we'll get to is January 10th. So if uh, he remains on our team beyond that point, DeMarcus Cousins will be earning um, slightly over $2 million, which will be added to... Uh, our cap sheet, which has other uh, salary cap implications to it, but uh, perhaps more importantly, <laughs> uh, DeMarcus Cousins um, adds a ton of depth uh, to our front court. He, although he's battled several injuries, and um, well, I would say he has a reputation. Of being, uh, well, he is he is a he is a big guy, so people would probably think of him as as a little too groundbound for uh, today's NBA. But he has incredible ball handling skills for a big man, and has developed a jump shot uh, throughout the past decade. He has career averages of uh, twenty point four points, ten point six rebounds, and three point one assists, uh, including. Uh, 2.6 stocks per game uh, and I thought it was impressive that he's maintained those uh, averages despite uh, a significant fall off ever since um, really ever since he was in New Orleans he played uh, about a season and a half with Drew Holiday actually which is uh, a, an interesting little nugget and uh yeah, he had his first significant injury with in his last season with the New Orleans, Pel- New Orleans Pelicans, and that was a year uh, where he was due for a uh, massive pay increase and a huge reason why the, the Kings actually uh, moved off of him because they did not think Boogie was their number one guy and they weren't prepared to, to give him uh, a max contract extension. And I suppose the teams dodged a bullet there uh, unbeknownst to them Boogie would have a career altering injury but of course that's unfortunate for DeMarcus but um, it's nice he's getting a shot here he also finished uh, last season with the Clippers in the playoffs who um, obviously they famously went to more small ball lineups but Boogie did have a, a 15 point game uh, for the Clippers late in the playoffs. I think that was uh, in the conference finals against the Suns, so um, definitely nothing to scoff at there for 
a guy in the uh, post-prime stages of his career and uh, joining a team late and a team that went so far in the playoffs. And uh, Boogie's also played very well for the Bucks in these first two games. I believe he's averaging uh, nine points over his two games with the Bucks, And... Um, the only bittersweet part of this is that um, we also heard that Brooke underwent back surgery, and because of that, he will be out indefinitely. Um, of course, we didn't have incredibly high hopes for Brooke's return because we had heard uh, basically nothing uh, about his injury status up until this point. He... Um, the only news we had heard was his interview with Shams, where he said that he had a target date in mind, but he did not say when exactly that was. Only, I believe he said that it would be in 2022. Well, uh, go figure. It's um, So, his status was already, in essence, indefinite because they weren't giving us any... Uh, you know any definite time frame to go off of but now that now that they've actually made that announcement formally it um, doesn't make Bucks fans feel any better so uh, I guess shame on me for having a bit more of a of a, of a positive outlook to it because with or without Brooke uh, this team still uh, still could have used front court depth um, even if Brooke was here so I just wanted to think that that the boogie signing was independent of Brooke's status, but um, yeah, the announcement less than seven days later uh, makes it abundantly clear that that uh, that the boogie signing was related. Uh, a couple more notes here on boogie. Um, so boogie. His contract is prorated, although he has uh, at least 10 years of experience getting him the um, the, the uh, full uh, veteran minimum contract. He's signing uh, just about a quarter of the way through the season, a little bit more than that, but with 134 out of 172 uh uh, M- NBA days remaining. It's days, not games. Uh, we'll take that three quarters of the year um, times the full veteran minimum, which is about 2.6. And that's how you'll get to uh, Boogie's uh, just about a $2 million deal. And that's if he makes it uh, beyond his uh, January. Uh, 10th guarantee date um, but we'll also be getting getting into more on Boogie uh, throughout some of the actual game talk so I'm going to hop right into some uh, Bucks game day action starting out with the Bucks taking care of business against the Pacers 118 to 110 uh, Bucks have really had their way with the Pacers seemingly uh, these past uh, several years, at least the years under Bud, the Bucks starters are 
uh, continue to be the group that we're familiar with without Brooke, where it's Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby. And the Pacers starters were uh, uh, Brogdon, Justin Holiday, Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis, and uh, Miles Turner. Uh, seemingly uh, healthy lineup, of course, excluding uh, TJ Warren, who's uh, battled several injuries along with uh, other uh, Pacers big names out there. I really don't feel like I've heard much from TJ Warren since his his bubble breakout there when he was averaging like it seemed it seemed like 40 points a game in those first uh, 10 uh, final regular season uh, bubble games but um, in this one Giannis missed his first three uh, free throw attempts but the Pacers also had three turnovers in the first three minutes of action um, then to counter that, the Bucks scored nine straight points until the Pacers answered with three, three threes of their own. So, uh, by way of that, the game was tied uh, after the first quarter at 26. Bobby was leading the charge for the Bucks with seven points, and Karras was doing so for the Pacers with eight points. Then at the beginning of the second quarter, the Bucks would score eight points uh, in a row, leading to a Rick Carlisle timeout. Um, Justin Holiday would embarrass uh, Chris a little bit by back-cutting him bad and then dunking uh, over Giannis. So um, right there it looked like uh, Chris was, was lacking a, a bit of attention there, but... Um, Bucks were uh, still still doing fine as Giannis was just getting warm warmed up and hitting his first two two free throws at the end of the second quarter and he would also uh, he'd also drain a baseline jumper as the Bucks went into the half with a five point lead fifty two to forty seven Giannis had fourteen points six rebounds and two assists and Levert had tallied up eighteen points and two rebounds uh, by halftime the Bucks fortunately came out at halftime. Uh, a little bit slow with a turnover um, on the on the opening possession, and uh, Holiday would have an, uh, another highlight play here. That's Justin Holiday, Drew's brother, with uh, uh, getting up for a clean swat on Bobby Portis in transition. Really impressive for 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 a wing to erase a shot uh, from Bobby, but. The Bucks would respond with a 16 to 9 run after uh, the Pacers had gone and cut the Bucks lead to just one point. Um, Drew would also show again the ability to to step up and, and lead the team when it's uh, him and mostly a bench unit to close the third quarter. Um, and then uh, going into the fourth, the Bucks had. Um, gathered a sizable lead uh, 91 to 74 uh, drew had 21 points uh, seven rebounds and eight assists to uh, Lavert's 23 points and two rebounds the uh, bucks initially failed to shoot over the pacers small ball uh, zone uh, it's kind of funny to think of the pacers going small because they uh, 
I would say they're uh, one of the first teams you would think about in terms of um, teams that don't have the most modern unit and um, having two big men like Sabonis and Turner who are who are uh, a bit of a slow combo in the front court despite being uber talented. Uh, so it's kind of funny that they started the fourth quarter with a lineup of McConnell, Brogdon, Duarte, Kalan Martin, and Justin Holiday. So um, really no big man at all out there, but they quickly realized they had to uh, at least throw in Isaiah Jackson, the rookie out of Kentucky. Um, but yeah, I don't remember seeing any Goga Patatsi in this game who is who's another uh, interesting stretch big man of theirs that they selected recently. He famously uh, uh, was about to spar with uh, Greg Foster last year, a former NBA player and uh, current, well, I don't know if he's on the Pacers anymore, but as of last season, uh, Greg Foster was an assistant with the Pacers. Um, but... The guy's really talented, and I know people have talked about uh, the intrigue of uh, putting him on a team where he can get more opportunity not being behind uh, the likes of Sabonis and uh, Turner. So apologies for bringing up that point from from uh, from a year ago. Not something to, uh, to harp on, but obviously a talking point. Um, we, get a, we get a couple... Giannis highlight dunks in the fourth quarter uh, per usual and then uh, also Giannis expanding his, his skill set and sinking a contested fadeaway over the rookie Isaiah Isaiah Jackson and uh, finally the broadcast suggested that uh, perhaps the Bucks and Pacers should sit uh, guys like Brogdon and uh, Giannis given that the Bucks were already up by 20 with uh, just six six minutes remaining in the game, obviously. Um, Bucks seemingly had already had already put it away. Uh, I thought George Hill in particular had some strong contributions against his former team and was able to um, to penetrate against the against uh, largely a bench unit um, late in the fourth quarter of this game. And it ended up a uh, fairly close margin, uh, one eighteen to one ten. Uh, but Giannis had a impressive st- stat line, but I guess uh, maybe uh, maybe not much more than pedestrian by his standards with 26 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 assists, something we uh, tend to expect from him at this point. Um, so, the Bucks, <laughs> uh, seamless transition there, um, but... Yeah, no surprise the Bucks took care of business uh, against the uh, Indiana Pacers, but they did not start making roster moves at uh, DeMarcus Cousins, which is enough news for one week, but the Bucks signed a new two-way uh, player in Javante Smart, who has been averaging uh, 22 points per game in the G League this season. I don't believe he was a part of the uh, Wisconsin herd, though. I could be wrong about that, if I'm being honest, but... Um, a name that I that I was familiar with in the G League, but I don't remember him being a part of the herd. And of course, the uh, Bucks can only have uh, two two-way players at a time. Uh, currently, they still have Sandro Mamo Ketlashvili, who 
had a couple good games uh, this past week, I must say, but they had to wave, wave uh, Justin Robinson, who who uh, impressed and played a good role for for us, I thought, in, in these uh, in this first quarter of the season. But um, point I'm still curious about. I know that the NBA had gotten rid of the uh, games played limit for two way players. Initially, it was. Um, but it wasn't actually based on games played. Initially, uh, the NBA only allowed uh, two-way players to spend 45 days with the with the A-team. I don't know if they've reinstated that or added days to that total, um, but um, I may have heard from perhaps an unreliable source that they just added on days uh, for this season. Even so, that could be a factor for why they got rid of Justin Robinson because I was happy with what he had done, but um, also not the most irreplaceable skill set either. He's uh, quite undersized despite being uh, a skilled shooter at the point guard position. Uh, Smart provides a bit more, uh, a bit more athleticism and defense on the wing. So, um, yeah, I was happy with what I saw from Smart. Uh, so far in these past couple games, but uh, still not incredibly high expectations for his role. Excuse me. Now, uh, I would say the highlight of the week, um, you know, excluding these uh, these latest additions because that allows me to play a bit more uh, armchair GM, but as far as the games go, I'd say the favorite my favorite game of the week, uh, at least for the Bucks, was their battle against the Hornets. I think if if we didn't see the uh, Warriors and Suns play twice twice this week, this might have been uh, the NBA's favorite game in general. As there was an exciting battle between Giannis and Lamelo Ball going down to the wire, with the Bucks coming coming out on top. That's always a plus. But Lamelo Ball, known as uh, more than a scorer to be sure, but he had. A career high 36 points, and Giannis had a 40 point night himself. Bucks had the same starters out there, but the Hornets uh, rolled out uh, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, uh, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, and PJ Washington. Uh, Miles Bridges is a guy that got a ton of uh, buzz, no pun intended, at the beginning of the season because um, he was uh, adding on to his breakout from late last year. Um, Late last year was when he was really um, starting to stand out alongside LaMelo Ball and having uh, some big scoring nights, but uh, his uh, shooting has continued uh, to start this season as well as he hit uh, his first three threes of this game, and the Hornets really got out to a hot start from beyond the arc, even, even besides Bridges, but... I thought the Bucks were still fighting hard and uh, not totally demoralized despite uh, the Hornets' start. The Bucks were hustling, rotating, and closing out well uh, regardless. And It's kind of interesting because the broadcast had mentioned that the Hornets entered the game dead last in opponents' points per game in the first quarter. Uh, up until this game, the Hornets were allowing on average 31 points in the first quarter. Meanwhile, the Bucks were actually ranked uh, quite high in this uh, perhaps cherry-picked stat, but 
Either way, the Bucks were down 25 to 41 uh, after the first quarter. Uh, but we know how this game uh, ends, so that's potentially a testament to our guys here. Uh, the Bucks got off to a 10-0 run uh, between the end of the first quarter and the start of the second, which led to a uh, Borrego timeout. <laughs> we did get um, True Holiday um, on the highlight reel, getting his ankles broken by uh, LaMelo Ball, taking a seat uh, on the ground there. But uh, still, I thought... Uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't have. Uh, obviously, this was a this was a Giannis game uh, above anything else. But I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any negative takeaways from Drew Holiday uh, in this game. Um, maybe not a standout performance from him either. But uh, yeah, I'd say we we put a lot of pressure on on Drew regardless. So. Uh, and we know he did have a tough assignment in this game. We would also get Giannis uh, Euro stepping around PJ Washington, uh, which would uh, lead to uh, one of Giannis's uh, uh, many but early uh, mean mugs. George Hill would also hit a three uh, in the corner after a Giannis drive, um, bringing the Hornets lead to just eight points at halftime, 60 to 68 Hornets. And uh, Giannis was leading the Bucks scoring. Um, even at halftime, he already had 21 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. And I believe Lomelo at this point already had 20 himself. Um, I suppose that could have been Lomelo or Bridges. Both, both of the dynamic duo there were. Um, both of them were pretty impressive. Uh, Chris Middleton hit his first two threes of the game in the first two minutes of the third quarter so Giannis was uh, finally getting a little bit of help on that end um, I guess similar with what I was trying to say with Drew Holiday where uh, you know Chris Middleton might not have been uh, stepping out of Giannis's shadow early in this one but I didn't have any complaints um, on behalf of him either uh, Grayson Allen would intercept a pass from LaMelo Ball and then he would slam it home in, in transition to respond to uh, to respond to a, an unfriendly whistle. And uh, Pat Connaughton would also stuff uh, LaMelo Ball before finding Drew Holiday uh, in transition for Orlando to bring the lead to um, just uh, one point for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. There's a uh, shout-out to Drew Holiday there uh, doing something for the Bucks, And then the Bucks would finally take their first uh, lead of the game with uh, both Bobby and Boogie on the floor together. This was this uh, game right here was Boogie's first for the Bucks after signing on Sunday, and I was a little nervous at this point when I saw both Bobby and Boogie on the court together. Together, uh, obviously a bit of a redundant skill set there with two uh, offense-focused uh, big men, but they held up. They held up quite well. Um, both. Both big guys that you would probably uh, assume would be a bit more groundbound and um, and uh, yeah, maybe not the most athletic big man is what big men is what I'm trying to say, but um, I think I think they're quicker than 
than uh, what people would, would give them credit for. So that's how those two were able to hold up together and uh, Boogie has uh, exceeded expectations so far to be sure. And the Bucks went into the fourth quarter with a 97 to 95 lead. Giannis had uh, 26 points, nine rebounds and seven assists. Kelly Oubre was actually uh, leading the Hornets with 23 points up to that uh, point in the game. Yeah, Hornets must have been getting help from uh, from several bodies in this one. Uh, I thought that Bridges and Giannis were um, really had a uh, healthy dose of uh, competitiveness in this one. Uh, I know uh, Bridges kind of kind of side eyed a. Uh, Giannis earlier in the game when he had when he had dunked past the the Greek freak and then uh, he also at the beginning of the fourth quarter ripped the ball away from Giannis and Bucks fans uh, let the fans know that that they thought it was a it was a reach in foul on uh, Miles Bridges but um, that uh, steal from uh, from Bridges would lead to a Gordon Hayward three and a Mike Budenholzer timeout. Uh, Mike, or excuse me, <laughs> uh, Demarcus Cousins would sink his first uh, three for the Bucks in the corner, and then, um, and that came from a from a drive from Grayson Allen. So good on Grayson, uh, getting other guys involved and and being a distributor for the Bucks. Uh, not something we, we would typically expect from Grayson, I would say. Uh, more th more uh, 3 and D, uh, like a uh, Pat Condon is what we would uh, tend to expect, but um, it's a good thing we can um, we can get other uh, other contributions from our from our wings there. We get a uh, another. Giannis jam and uh, again another Lamella ball turnover. I don't have the the totals here, but <laughs> but this isn't the first and won't be the last time I point to uh, Lamella throwing the ball away. And uh, Pat Connaughton would sink a deep three in the fourth quarter to take back the Bucks lead. Giannis was initially whistled for an offensive foul late in the fourth quarter. Um, as uh, Terry Rozier tried to take a charge, but Bud successfully challenged that call as uh, it seemed that Terry uh, was still sliding his feet a little bit, but the call was really close. I was kind of kind of surprised that the Bucks were able to overturn it, but uh, nonetheless, good for the Bucks, and Giannis was able to sink one of those two free throw attempts. And... Uh, we get another three to take back the Bucks lead. Uh, this time on a Chris Middleton uh, step back three. So again, although uh, Chris and Drew aren't the stars of the show here, it's nice to have uh, have the support pieces behind Giannis because, of course, he can't do um, he can't do everything for the Bucks, especially in a competitive battle like this where he where he spins around uh, PJ Washington to tie it. At uh, at 120, and then uh, Miles Bridges would have a have a big finish this time. Uh, 
going right for the lefty, and Jan and uh, Chris would uh, sink a huge three for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, then we we get a we get a few um, sloppy possessions late. Um, maybe the last Lamelo ball turnover finally, and then a Giannis offensive foul where he, um, I believe he caught. Well, it must have been some big man, but he caught a Hornets defender in the face with an elbow. And I was kind of nervous about this one because I believe it was uh, Grayson Allen who was elbowed in the face by Gordon Hayward. And that was an interesting call because I think they still uh, whistled Grayson for um, for a defensive foul uh, blocking call on Grayson, but then he got elbowed in the face by uh, by Gordon Hayward, so they also uh, they also um, called a foul against Hayward on the same play, but for a, a larger penalty, of course, because uh, Hayward had gotten uh, Grayson with the elbow, so at the end of the day, the same outcome as uh, um, as when Grayson got elbowed in the face, but um, luckily we got a little bit of uh, superstar treatment perhaps going our way late in this one, and they just uh, called it a common offensive foul on Giannis. Um, but Hayward would would uh, miss an elbow jumper that that would have. Uh, that would have put the Hornets up or extended their lead. But uh, on the next possession down, uh, Chris Middleton would would uh, would go to the foul line and he would hit two free throws before a Lamelo ball uh, three to take back the Hornets lead late, and that led to the final possession, and it was. Um, one of the best plays of the season for the Bucks, one that we'll definitely remember at the at the end of this year. Um, good play play call by Bud to get Giannis uh, going going downhill uh, at uh, at the end of the clock, and Giannis was able to finish with with a lot of English. It looked just like Giannis uh, just narrowly missed the rubber at the bottom of the backboard. Um, a real crazy kind of Kyrie-esque finish there. Um, Giannis, not a guy you would expect to have to rely uh, on finishes like that, but um, I suppose with with his uh, with his long with his long arms and such, he is he is uh, he is capable of finishes like that. And um, it's a good thing the uh, Bucks were able to take it home at the buzzer. Um, we also did get a, uh, a Giannis Lamello jersey swap, which, uh, is quite interesting. I wouldn't have really, um, considered those two, uh, to be quite peers because there's, uh, obviously a bit of an age gap with, uh, Lamello only being in his, his second year and they don't play similar positions, uh, but, I guess if you look at the box score, those two were definitely the closest to uh, to one another. But I did really appreciate the battle between uh, 
between Bridges and Giannis. Um, there was at least one, if not two, dunks by by Bridges with uh, with Giannis uh, close in the vicinity. So definitely possible Giannis would uh, got dunked on uh, in this game, but you know. Maturing as a fan means that you don't uh, get too worked up by by a guy uh, getting dunked on, because uh, you know we'd rather see guys going up for the contest than than uh, just allowing guys to get an open lane uh, for a dunk. So no need to make fun of someone for for uh, getting dunked on, unless it's uh, the opponent getting dunked on. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but um, the next game that was on the docket was unfortunately um, the game that would snap the Bucks' eight-game winning streak as as they uh, started out on their season-long uh, homestand um, with uh, Giannis, of course, dropping his season high against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and Anthony Davis for 45 points. Heard a lot of the national media talk there with uh, there no longer being uh, a conversation uh, that should include Giannis and Anthony Davis together. But then, uh, of course, the Bucks would face a lot of uh, less competitive uh, teams than normal. So that afforded them this uh, eight-game win streak, but still eight games in a, eight games in a row against, uh, you know, NBA opponents is uh, is uh, quite an accomplishment, and uh, all you can do is, is uh, play the teams ahead of you. But uh, Giannis did also sit out this night, so that uh, that has a lot to do with it. To be sure, it was a second. It was the second night of a back to back, so not the biggest surprise. We also did not get uh, Demarcus Cousins on back to back nights. He was in the injury report, uh, citing. Um, just citing that he had to get into a bit closer. Excuse me. Uh, let me try that again. DeMarcus Cousins was on the injury report because he had to get in uh, better shape, closer to game shape before uh, Buck staff felt comfortable putting him into back-to-backs. You might have the initial reaction that I kind of had, like, Okay, this definitely isn't uncommon, but uh, what what would get a guy closer to game shape than playing in actual NBA games? Well, then you got to think of you got to think about uh, Demarcus's injury history, like we had talked about, um, like we had talked about uh, from the jump in this show. So more reason to be cautious with a guy especially because this is the first week of basketball that he's played uh, since the playoffs so there's just a lot more room uh, for injury when you're competing this hard in uh, really a 24 hour span but yeah Cousins definitely would have had um even more room to contribute here without Giannis. And we'd get to see that later in the week against the Heat uh, as well. But before then, let's get into uh, the Raptors. 
Uh, the starting lineup without Giannis was Drew Grayson, uh, Pat filling in for Giannis, Chris Milton, and Bobby Portis. And then the Raptors starters were Van Vliet, uh, Trent Jr., uh, Barnes, Siakam, and Precious Achua. Um, I should also mention before I get into this, I actually had uh, my own basketball game uh, during, well, <laughs> through at least uh, the first half. I think I might have uh, gotten to uh, gotten to the bar after my game uh, just before the fourth, maybe. So I don't have uh, as in depth of notes for this. And, uh, yeah, maybe my basketball game saved me from this in a way because it's a lot less fun to watch a game, uh, not only when you're losing, but, but when you don't have Giannis on the court. Um, not that our game went any better, but we at least lost by a more respectable margin than we had in the past. I would like to refrain from any particulars. It was, honestly, it was personally... Probably my worst individual game, at least with uh, scoring totals. I only hit a couple baskets in this one, but I thought as a team um, we did a lot better sharing the ball. I think my uh, the fact that I only had a couple baskets was also a testament to the fact that we got more guys involved, uh, more guys in the box score than before. So I am not, unfortunately at my uh, 10 point per game uh, uh, scoring average target but you know at the end of the day if we're uh, if we're uh, if we're getting better as a team that's more important so I need to keep that in mind to uh, be the guy you would like the Bucks to sign and you know, not just an empty calorie score. Anyways, that's uh, that's probably all anyone would want to hear about uh, our losing men league squad. But going back through some of the highlights, I noticed that uh, rookie Scotty Barnes was hitting some jumpers that uh, one probably wouldn't bet on repeating, but he had. Uh, two threes, maybe in the first quarter alone, and uh, at least another later on in the game. And he, uh, Scotty Barnes, also had a really, uh, a really difficult shot over Pat Connaughton, in which Pat got as close to blocking as possible. Um, just a real short jumper, um, perhaps within the paint, and Pat definitely affected the shot. But circus shot went in for for. Uh, Barnes late. Um, Pascal Siakam was also a guy who was huge in this one, who was able to capitalize against uh, the size disparity between the Raptors and Bucks. Uh, Raptors definitely taking that advantage in this game without Giannis, without Giannis and Boogie and Brooke, to be sure. Um, So yeah, I know Siakam had a had a had a spin spin move in the post around uh, 
Pat Connaughton late in this game to add to the total. Um, with uh, obviously limited visibility on this game, just looking um, just after my basketball game, checking uh, the breakdown of scoring between the quarters, it seemed like the Bucks and the Raptors were um, were pretty much at a uh, three to six point uh, point differential uh, throughout most of this game. Advantage, of course, mostly being uh, towards the Raptors, but um, you know, obviously, you want you want to make it a nine game winning streak, but it's still. Uh, you know, it's still encouraging that the Bucks were able to keep it competitive without Giannis, and um, it certainly would have been more disappointing if if uh, if the Bucks had gotten off to a start uh, similar to the Hornets game, where um, where you know you go home and you think, wow, if only if only the Bucks would have played played like they did in the. Uh, in the final three quarters and not had a stinker of a first quarter, then they really could have taken this, taken this one home. And, uh, and yeah, if only they had gotten up for this game and, uh, remained professional, but the Bucks definitely showed up for this one, um, uh, with all the bodies that they could, um, but, yeah, there just uh, might be some games uh, at this point where we are, where uh, where uh, we're just we're just not quite healthy enough. But uh, luckily, our depth will help us uh, moving forward. But we'll get into I don't know, maybe we'll we'll get into maybe more of the uh, health and availability uh, disparities more. Uh, later on in the show, but uh, another big moment in, in this one was uh, Pat Connaughton missing a clutch corner three um, that uh, could have been a game winner for the Bucks, but um, no shame on Pat as he's he's shooting at a 42% clip from behind the three-point arc. Uh, we know we know that he would have hit that he'll hit that shot the next time he gets the opportunity, but uh, simply they can't uh, always fall. And uh, also shout out to Drew Holiday for stepping up in the absence of Giannis here. We had talked uh, earlier in this episode and the one prior about Drew uh, leading leading some units with uh, with uh, more bench players in the third quarter and uh, keeping the team afloat uh, so that the other team doesn't go on uh, massive runs to to disappoint us and uh, yeah it's also a testament to Drew because we know he uh, he did respond to a bit of a slow start uh, to the year offensively he's only averaging like 13 points per game uh, in his uh, first handful of contests so you got to think he's a, he's at least up from there, uh, leading it for the Bucks in this game with 26 points, six rebounds, and eight assists. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was also huge. He he was the he was the leader leader for the 
Toronto Raptors in more ways than one um, with 29 points, five rebounds, and four assists. And at the end of the game, he was also uh, yelling at the young Raptors um, as the Raptors held a four-point advantage with the Bucks having the last possession. And he's yelling to his guys, don't fucking move, because, uh, of course, as uh, long as the Raptors did not foul in that situation, there was no way the Bucks could uh, could uh, tie the game uh, down four. Uh, a couple numbers that stood out to me as well uh, in this game, looking back at it, the Bucks only shot... 37.6% from the field, which is uh, atrocious, but we know that would be uh, completely night and day um, compared to if Giannis were available. And he he's, he is currently day-to-day if I hadn't said it yet, so no reason to think he will turn into Brook. Um, meanwhile, though, the Toronto Raptors did only shoot 42% from the field, and that kind of makes sense for... Uh, Toronto Raptor team who is uh, definitely have more of a defensive focus uh, to be sure they're uh, kind of famous for having uh, a gluttony of uh, is that the right word <laughs> either way um, Raptors have an embarrassment of riches in terms of long uh, switchable forwards who can defend uh, multiple vis- multiple positions but um, maybe leave a little more to be desired on the offensive end. Looking at guys like Scotty Barnes, who's uh, actually impressed uh, offensively, and that's why he's on the he's on the shortlist for Rookie of the Year this year. But um, he is a lot a lot more known for his defensive prowess. Uh, same goes for a uh, precious precious Achua. And uh, OG Ananobi is also a, a most improved candidate because he has he has uh, shown that he's really expanded his his offensive game. I believe he was at one point at least recently averaging over twenty points per game, which uh, he was known as more of a three and D guy for for a long time. And I know I I didn't necessarily believe that he would become uh, really a stellar offensive player but I guess he has otherwise he wouldn't be getting the buzz uh, that he has um, to show uh, how close this game was the Bucks and Raptors did have uh, the same number of rebounds and turnovers throughout this game uh, but there was a big disparity between uh, the foul calls that Milwaukee got compared to the Raptors and no I'm not about to uh, I'm not about to uh, complain because uh, the the uh, Bucks actually got twice the amount of calls and in turn made twice the amount of free throws uh, as the Toronto Raptors in this in this contest. But uh, yeah, when win streak gets snapped, it feels a uh, feels a little more. Uh, sour leaves a bit more of a sour taste in your mouth um than any other random loss but i mean i'll take a i'll take an eight game win streak uh 
at any stretch of the season, uh, to be sure. Uh, we already covered the fact that Brooke underwent back surgery and is out indefinitely. That news um, also came out on Thursday. Again, I had to eat a bit of crow there because I was trying to say how regardless of Brooke Lopez's availability or not, we did... Um, we, we could have used uh, more front court depth uh, regardless. So I didn't want to think that signing Boogie uh, meant anything uh, besides adding depth uh, at the big man spot, but apparently we uh, we uh, needed that depth more at the time uh, than we knew. Otherwise, the last big roster move of the week was uh, the Bucks uh, waving Georgios Kalitsakis, who is a former teammate of the Nassus Adetokounmpo, according to my brother who reminded me of that. Uh, I also thought that he might have shared the same agent as Giannis. Um, I know that there was at least some strong connection between uh, Giannis's camp and Georgios's, um, if for no other reason besides the fact that um, many did not know of Georgios before. Uh, he was drafted by the Bucks, and it was a shock to many. And he's probably the most uh, disappointing guy on the court in my eyes this season. Uh, he's obviously a really tantalizing guy with uh, ball skills at at least uh, six six, but I did not see much of a consistent jumper from him, and seems to be a lot more production. Uh, pardon me. Rather, he seems to have a lot more uh, potential uh, than production at this point. So hopefully we see something from Georgios at some point because you want a guy with that amount of potential. You want to, you want to, I don't know, you want to see that uh, come along eventually. But more importantly, the Bucks were able to re-sign Wes Matthews, a former Buck from the uh, 1920 season. Uh, listeners will know that he was really uh, a favorite of mine. Um, well, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for 3 and D uh, wings anyway to begin with, but he's able to, to defend uh, guys with a lot of size. I thought he was he was one of, if not the best, Jimmy Butler defender uh, because last time he was in a Bucks uniform, it was when we were in the bubble and we lost to the lost to the Miami Heat. Um, obviously, this will remind many of the George Hill signing. Uh, another uh, favorable skill set that Bucks fans like to see, but fortunately they weren't able to to stick with us uh, during the uh, title year. So uh, hopefully we can repeat for these guys, uh, especially Wes. There might be a little more controversy around George, even though we know uh, the rest of the Bucks players really like George. But Wes Matthews, uh, uh, the hometown the hometown hero uh, from Madison and Marquette. And he played for the first time uh, with us this year uh, against uh, the Miami Heat 
last night as of recording now um, at 4.50 on uh, December 5th. And so, yeah, last night, December 4th, uh, was Wes's first game back, and we got to see the bow and arrow uh, three-point celebration, which is definitely one of my personal favorites. I am certainly pro uh, three-point shot celebration, so I don't think you can go wrong. But we don't see that one as much, and definitely less uh, so in a Bucks uniform this past year. So, uh, welcome sight back. Unfortunately, I did hear uh, the same crowd who uh, was expressing negativity when we signed Demarcus Cousins, saying, "saying Oh, this must mean this much. This must mean Brooke will be out for much longer." And people are saying. Wow, maybe we won't see uh, Dante DiVincenzo come back sooner rather than later now that we're uh, calling uh, calling Wes Matthews. But obviously Wes Matthews plays a, plays a very valuable position. He, <coughs> excuse me. He performed quite well for the Bucks, despite our, uh, our conference semifinal loss to the Miami Heat. That's definitely not on his shoulders. And... I was really disappointed when he went to the Lakers, though, last year. I will say that. I I mean, they, at the time, were the reigning NBA champions, but I don't think people were, well, I mean, people were definitely questioning us at that point, to be sure, saying that they weren't going to take our regular season last year serious and we're just going to wait wait to see if anything had changed in the playoffs, playoffs for us um, last postseason. Um, spoiler alert, uh, things were uh, incredibly different different for us. Uh, and uh, we have a NBA championship to show for that. So, yeah. Uh, despite the recent Brook news, hopefully this uh, this means nothing for, uh, for Dante and we can just get Dante back. Um, a somewhat reasonable amount of time and we can just have uh, even more depth but uh, I would say maybe the only loser out of this move is uh, Jordan Awara who even in last night's uh, contest against the uh, against the Heat I don't think he showed up until like the fourth quarter and he was get, getting uh, minutes much earlier for the Bucks uh, earlier in the season, although we've gotten a little bit healthier since. Uh, it seems like he's fallen out of favor a little bit with Mike Budenholzer. Um, you know, probably with his... Uh, with his... Uh, I don't know, defensive awareness, perhaps. He's had some uh, defensive highlights, to be sure, like the block on Kevin Durant, but... Uh, that's not to say he's a he's a rim protector that we would like to rely on. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think that I'd already alluded to the Heat game last night, but I want to 
slow down on my coverage of that game because we're approaching the hour mark here. But also we will be playing the Heat uh, next Wednesday. So uh, I don't think I'm surprising anyone. I might want to link up with my guy JJ next weekend or sometime soon to recap that together. Um, one, because I'm comfortable re recording with him. He's a good dude. I know what he's talking about. But also uh, the Heat and Bucks will... Um, obviously remain in a similar conversation uh, for much time to come. The Heat were without uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Bam actually tore a ligament in his thumb, and he'll miss four to six week weeks, which doesn't sound very long if we're talking about torn ligaments, but however, however it, is in, it is in his thumb. So... Um, doesn't bode well if it's on his shooting hand, but better than a torn ligament in his leg. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Last night was pretty crazy. We won by a significant margin. I didn't write it down, but it was uh, several points, uh, a 30-point game in the Bucks' favor. Um, so it was a breath of fresh air to play against a team that actually uh, we had better health than this year. Did not happen quite often, but it was. It did include Giannis missing his second straight game with a right calf soreness. But I think I already said Bud, Bud considered him day to day uh, in an article from ESPN that I had written. That <clears throat> I wish I had written an article for ESPN, but in the ESPN article that I had read, uh, Bud said that Giannis is day to day. So. Um, yeah, let's just take that as the Bucks uh, not rushing back our our reigning Finals MVP and playing it safe. Because uh, last time I checked here, the Bucks are now in third place. Yep, as of recording here, the Bucks are third in the Eastern Conference. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, same as last year. <coughs> Ooh. Zooey mama, my throat is dry. <laughs> um, yeah, Bucks are in the same place as they were at the end of the at the end of last year. We know how that worked out for us, and um, yeah, considering all the trials and tribulations we've experienced this year, that is uh, that is certainly an accomplishment. Um. It is nice to see here, even though uh checks out with what I've mentioned. <coughs> the Bucks have won nine of their last ten games to make it all the way up to uh, their number three ranking in the East. Uh, I remember looking down at the standings uh, just a couple weeks ago, and we were we were at like the uh, nine spot or something. So good on the Bucks for uh, persevering. And uh, the Eastern Conference is also, uh, uh, according to some, I've heard say that the Eastern Conference is, Eastern Conference is uh, much improved compared to years past. Um, but still, um, East also remains the same, even though 
we are uh, certainly uh, a quarter of the way uh, through the year and uh, and more. There's only a uh, four uh, game dis- um, four win disparity between the number one seed Brooklyn Nets and the number uh, nine and tenth seeded uh, 76ers and Hawks. So, yeah, standings can change just like that, but all we can do is uh, play the teams in front of us, and the Bucks have done incredibly well with that uh, so far. And I think I'm going to call it there. Uh, the schedule ahead of us this week includes the uh, Bucks playing the Cavs on tomorrow, Monday at seven o'clock. Then Heat on Wednesday, like I mentioned, and we will be playing the Rockets on Friday, who have actually been uh, quite hot lately. I think I heard they had a five-game winning streak at one point. Uh, Jalen Green was out for a period of time, so that might not be a coincidence there. Um, and uh, shout out to Christian Wood. Haven't uh, thrown him a shout out lately, but uh, I would say the one who got away for many of us Bucks fans, especially uh, of recent years. And uh, lastly, uh, next Sunday at 11 a.m., <laughs> if I remember correctly from looking at the schedule, the Bucks will be playing the Knicks. So. Get your uh, Bloody Marys popping. And uh, if you have anything uh, to say to me, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, any feedback on the show, I certainly welcome that. You can reach me at NBA on Instagram and Twitter. U is just the letter U. Everything else is uh, spelt how it sounds. And with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.